Welcome to the League of Champions podcast. to savage you this week. So Brian got his first loss of the week. He couldn't overcome the TJ Hawkinson dud and Naeem Hines getting hurt. So we have no more undefeated teams in the league, but we have four four and one teams. Isaac just can't catch a break. He, he scores his highest point total in week five, still loses. He's 0-5 with the third most points in the season. And on Monday night, I barely edged out Andrew in the sweatiest Monday night game. If Hunter Renfro had done anything, I would have lost. They could end up winning by a little more than a point. And it was right down to the wire. If they had gone to overtime or anything like that, I would have lost. So it's a tight one. So I'm going to try a new segment here called, I'm going to call it the cooler, where I basically just try to discredit big performances from the previous week. Um, like things that happened that were just anomalies that I don't think will happen again. And I don't think are going to be consistent. So the first one, um, I'll do one at each position. The first one is Carson Wentz. Um, the quarterbacks weren't good this week, so it's it's tough to pick one because there wasn't that many big performances. But Carson Wentz is sitting up here in the top five uh, before Patrick Mahomes' game, obviously. So I had to put him in here. He threw for 359 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception against the Titans, which is almost 26 points in our league. But if you really look at that, the Titans are tied for a second is tied for second in passing yards allowed and have allowed the most passing touchdowns of any team in football. Every single team they've played so far this year have scored at least two passing touchdowns on them. And some of the quarterbacks they've played have been Daniel Jones, Derek Carr, and Matt Ryan. Um, they also played Josh Allen, who destroyed them as he should have. But all I'm saying is the Titans inflated Carson, Carson Wentz's fantasy finish this week. And Diami Brown catching a 75-yard touchdown certainly helped too. That's not going to... None of that is going to happen every week. They're not going to play the Titans every week, and Diami Brown's not going to do two huge touchdown plays every week. For the running back, I got Michael Carter. It finally happened this week. Brees Hall showed everyone why he was such a highly touted prospect coming into the 2022 draft. And Michael, Ca- Michael Carter vultured the absolute hell out of him. Carter went 10 for 21, but had two touchdowns. Both were one-yard runs after huge plays by Brees Hall. On the season, he's averaging 3.3 yards per carry, and if he and ha- he hadn't scored at all before this game, I don't think Carter's. I don't think he's bad, but I just think Brees Hall is so much better, and Carter just got really lucky in this game, and I don't think that's going to happen going forward. Uh, next, my most hated player, Gabe Davis. Um, I've already made it very clear how I feel about him, but if you really will look at what actually happened. Uh, remember that I just said the Titans were tied for second in passing yards allowed. You know who they were tied with? The Steelers. And the Steelers are also second in passing touchdowns allowed. Gabe Davis finished the game with 171 yards and two touchdowns, which sounds amazing until you realize it was on three catches and six targets. You remove that 98-yard touchdown, the one where his defender literally just tripped and fell, and he had two catches for 73 yards and a score. You can't rely on that for fantasy, especially when he's failed to top 100 yards in any other game this season. Stefan Diggs had more targets in his worst game than Davis did in his best game, 
And I think that's just going to be the tune for the rest of the year. I think Davis's value is being inflated by playing with the best quarterback in football right now. And I wouldn't fall for it. 160 yards on two catches is just not something that happens every week. So if you have them, I forget who has them, but maybe try to move them. <clears throat> I mean, some somebody might believe that he's he's going to be this the rest of the year, and I, I just don't. And then for tight end, this one's pretty obvious. Taysom Hill. This is the easiest one of the week, mostly because tight ends were awful. But if you look at what really happened to set up the situation, so Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, and Jameis Winston were all out. Alvin Kamara was just coming back from an injury, and they were playing against the Seahawks, a team who's allowed the most rushing yards against, a most rushing yards against, and the second most rushing touchdowns. And also, he had nine offensive, uh, Taysom Hill had nine offensive opportunities this past week after having 13 in the past three games before that combined. And he also threw his first pass of the season, which happened to be a 22-yard touchdown. This is obviously an outlier of a week for him, and he's an amazing athlete, and it's impressive that he can do stuff like this. But I'm just going to pretend like this never happened. I'm not going to try to chase that point, those points. I'm not going to pretend like this is going to happen again. I just really don't think it will. So let's get into my picks for this week. Commission's picks. Um, I'll do two quarterbacks, two running backs, two wide receivers, and a tight end. So my first quarterback, Matthew Stafford against the Carolina Panthers. Um, I don't know if you guys saw Carolina just fired Matt Rule. And they have a back. Baker's going to be out for a couple weeks with a high ankle sprain. So it's a new head coach and a backup quarterback in week six. I th- I think they're going to get I think they're going to get a lot of short fields based on errors made by the offense, and I think Matthew Stafford's hopefully going to be able to take advantage of it. I think Sean McVay is too good of a coach to continue to let this like I don't even stuttering happen the whole year. So I think he's going to figure it out, and I think if he's if he figures it out this week, which I wouldn't be surprised if he did against the Panthers, he's going to run up the score. It's what he always does. He always passes late into the game. So I, I think he's going to run up the score to the best of his ability. And last week against Dallas, their pass, their pass rush is insane. It, so Matthew Stafford just couldn't get comfortable, couldn't get into a rhythm. Um, Carolina's isn't. They're, they're tied for fourth worst in the league for sacks with eight total and 10th worst, 10th worst in QB pressure, pressure percentage. Jesus. Um, so they don't get after the quarterback. So Matthew Stafford's going to have time back there. Um, to really pick him apart. My second quarterback is Jimmy Garoppolo uh, against the Atlanta Falcons at Atlanta. So this year, Jimmy G's got five touchdowns to one interception, so he's really taking care of the ball. And he's he's already quarterback 22 in four games. Um, obviously, he didn't play week one because of Trey Lance. Um, his passing yards have gone up every week since he became the starter, so he's getting more and more comfortable, more and more successful passing the football and Atlanta has the worst QB pressure pressure percentage. Man, I just can't say that word in the league and has allowed the thirst thirst. Jesus, the third most passing yards against. So there you can pass on Atlanta. I think Jimmy G is going to open it up a little bit. Um, Yeah, I think it'll be a good game for him. And if it's not, it's not going to kill you because he's not going to, walk in there and throw three picks. You know, that's just not what he's doing this year. He's been really smart with the ball. The first running back, DJ, DJ Dallas against the, uh, the Arizona Cardinals. 
So Rashad Penny's out for the season. I think he broke his tibia or something. That guy's body is just not made for football. He's amazing, but Jesus. Um, The Seahawks offense has actually been really effective so far this year. I mean, in the past two, the past two weeks, they've scored 80 points combined, which is insane. Um, I think Kenneth Walker is most likely the main backup here, but I think DJ Dallas will take a lot of the passing work. Um, and Pete Carroll just likes making fantasy managers crazy. So I'm sure DJ Dallas will get a lot, um, more of the compliment position than previous, um, pre- than Ken- Kenneth Walker previously did with Rashad Penny. Um, and there really is only Walker and Dallas in this game as Penny's gone for the season, as I just said, but their other backup, Travis Homer is out at least until week seven. So it's really them too. And if, if Arizona can figure it out, they can score and the Seahawks defense can't stop them. So this game could be another high scoring game where you just want whatever piece of it you can get. My next running back, I'm not nearly as confident in this one, is Samaje Pirine uh, on the Bengals going against the New Orleans Saints. Uh, the Saints have allowed the ninth most rushing yards against this season. And th- with, with their team kind of depleted by injuries, I think there's going to be more opportunities to run the ball if if they're kind of still not able to move the ball as well or you know they don't put the ball in the hand of Andy Dalton as much. Uh, I think there could be a lot of opportunity for the Bengals to get a little ahead and then run the ball quite a bit. And Joe Mixon's passing game usage has gone down since week one, which is really interesting because he's really good at that. So, but for whatever reason, it's going down. And last week, Piran got more targets and receiving yards than Mixon did. So I don't know if that's something like a trend that's going to continue, but maybe get out ahead of it. Maybe, you know, have that have so much AP run stashed for when you know when the Bengals actually really get it figured out and start really humming as an offense like we all saw him do last year. Um, and Samaj AP is the main guy. Um, for the wide receiver, Diami Brown against the Bears. So, this is a Thursday night game, so you have to pick him up pretty quick. But it looks like Jahan Dotson's out again for week six. Um, he was out in week five. It's a tight turnaround, obviously, going to a Thursday night game. I think you could see a heavy dose of Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson against the Bears in their awful rush rush defense, which is ironically what they were focusing on at the beginning of the year, was to fix their rush defense. They didn't do that. Um, but I think I think that could open up the opportunities for play action a lot in these really big plays from Diane Brown. I think the Bears are going to be so focused on fixing their rush defense and in Brian Robinson, if he really gets going, um, they're really going to have to commit to that. So it might open up things for the passing. And with somebody like Diane Brown, all it takes is one play. I mean, he had the 75-yard touchdown this past week. He could easily do that again. And in one play, you're happy with his performance. So it's a gamble, but um, I think there's a lot of reasons to think that that could play out. The second receiver, Devin Duvernay on the Saints, I mean, on the Ravens going up against at New York Giants. So he's got, first of all, he's got the special team upside. Even though he was their wide receiver one, he's still returning punts and kicks. Um, he's involved in that. Week two, he had 103, 103-yard kickoff return touchdown. Maybe to get that every week, no, but when the week that you have him starting and maybe he catches, 
he catches a touchdown and then has one of those, you're going to be very happy with his performance. Uh, with Rashad Bateman out, Duvernay is the number one. Um, but just by default, he's kind of the only guy there. And Harbaugh said Bateman might start or might be able to play week six. So there's a good chance it's Devin Duvernay by himself again with Mark Andrews, obviously. And 40% of the drives against the Giants defense ends in points for the offense. That's the eighth worst in the NFL. So while their defense isn't terrible in any particular category, people always score on them. So it'll be, if Devin Duvernay, he's kind of got the same... Um, caveat that Danny B. Brown does, like that one big play could make the week for you. And the tight end, Hayden Hurst. So Hayden Hurst, obviously on the Bengals, going up against the Saints. In the past two weeks, he has 11 targets with two touchdowns. Now, maybe that streak doesn't continue, but he's obviously very involved in the offense. T. Higgins was still limited and potentially could not play this week. So we'll see what happens there. Um, I know he was like, he was like in and out this past week. And I don't know, I don't know what that was all about, but if for whatever reason he's out, he and Hurst is even a bigger play. And the saints have had a QB pressure, pressure percentage of 14%. So Joe Burrow's not going to be pushed around in the pocket a lot. He's going to be able to sit back there and just kind of pick on part. So I think Hayden Hurst could have a good week this week as kind of the safety valve for, for Burrow. All right, and let's get into the power rankings. This is so interesting how the app does this. I don't know where or why they get what they get, but um, we'll run through it and talk about some maybe some of the weird points in this after. Um, so first is Nick at four and one. Second is me at four and one. Third is Tyler at three and two. Fourth is Brad at three and two. Fifth is Isaac is zero and five. Six is Andrew at one and four. Seventh is Brian at four and one. Eight is Stefan at three and two. Nine is Tim at four and one. Ten is Mike at two and three. Eleven is Nolan at two and three. And twelve is Spencer at two oh and five. So I don't know how Spencer ends up twelve and Isaac ends up fifth when they're both oh and five. And I don't know how Brian ends up seventh and Tim ends up ninth when me and Nick are one and two at four and one. We're all four and one. Um so that must take into account how many points you score and like the strength of schedule coming up for your players and injuries, I would assume. But uh, just strange that the the app still has so much faith in Isaac. I mean, I guess, like I said, when you score the third most points in the league and are still all in five, there's just bad luck happening. So nobody's out of it yet. Uh, all in five is tough to come back from. One in four is tough to come back from, but still a lot of time left. If you run the rest of the season, you end up what? I think we do 11. No, we go to week 14. I want to say it's week 14 for the playoffs. Um, so whatever, if, if it's 14, you know, you go nine and five easily make the playoffs. Nobody's out yet. It's going to be a big week though, for a lot of people. Um, buys are starting this week. So maybe make sure you check that out. I know the Raiders, um, who is it? God, the Raiders, is it Derek? Derek Henry is on by, maybe? I can't remember. Detroit's on by. Raiders are on by. I thought it was the Titans. Yeah, the Titans are on by. Yeah, uh, I don't know. 
I didn't look this up beforehand. But anyways, yeah, buys are starting. So start getting ready. You know, that extra quarterback, look ahead for where your buy's at. Extra running back, especially. Maybe make a trade to get prepared for those. Um, but yeah, good week, everybody. Hopefully this helps you going into this week. And I'll be back on Saturday, Friday or Saturday for the next one. So until then, uh, everybody have a good week. And I'll talk to you guys soon. Super. Take care now. Bye-bye then. <laughs>